I'm Lottie. And I'm Mark. And this is Shedtown Shenanigans. You look very relaxed. You're just so <laughs> chill. <laughs> um, oh. So basically, guys, we have a guest today. We do. Um, we that, that have... was very tuneful of me. Okay. We have interviewed Callum Heinrich. From Mamma Mia. Yeah. Mamma Mia. This is Pirate Queen as well. Pirate Queen. Oh, he about that. oh, we didn't talk to him about Pirate Queen. I forgot. Soft Sessions. Just. He's just an overall theater. icon. Highly recommend checking him out. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're not doing segments today because no one has time for that. Um, so we're just going to get straight into the episode with Callum. Yeah. Enjoy, so, I guess. Yeah. So we are here with Callum. How are you, Callum? <laughs> Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing yeah, very well. <laughs> as well as we can in yes. weird times. Yes. So we'll just get cracking. Let's crack into the questions. That's the word. Cool. Um Fab, did you enjoy your experience at drama school? Oh, what a great question. Um <laughs> Enjoys a fun word. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I think I think drama school is incredible, and I had I went to Guildford School of Acting, and mm-hmm. I had um, an incredible time there. I absolutely loved it. I think like obviously it's such a weird time in your life, isn't it? Because it's the first time you're being like independent from your parents, um, and you're kind of just thrust into this new world. But it's great. Like I had an absolutely great time. It's it's a very big like everyone says it, but like drama school is such a bubble. I feel like when you're in it, it's like everything is life or death. Like you're like, oh my god, I've got I've got this dance class in the morning. If I don't go, I am gonna die. Um, whereas like when you get out of it and you kind of get some more perspective, you look back and you're a bit like, oh. I put way too much pressure on myself for those three years. <laughs> but um, but no, I did I did have a great time and I made some great friends and yeah, GSA was a absolute blessing. I loved that place. Yeah, I've heard I've heard things about because GSA is quite um it's quite a prestigious one, isn't it? It's like one of the really big ones. Yeah. So maybe that's where the pressure came from. <laughs> maybe that's where the pressure came from. <laughs> oh yeah, de- definitely. I think um imposter syndrome is a huge thing at drama schools especially. Um and I think I went to GSA having a lot less um kind of experience. I started musical theatre really late, so my first exposure to musical theatre properly was the Les Mis film. Oh, no. Proper late. <laughs> proper late, kid. I know, right? I know, right? I'm just going to open the window so there's a little bit more light. There we go. That's fine. I'm going to do much light in here. There we go. Um, yeah. yeah, so my, my first exposure was um, the Les Mis film, and I was about probably 15 when I first sung in front of someone. Um, yeah, so I was, I was proper late into it. So I think then going to drama school, I was really lucky. I got into drama school. Um, I got to GSA on my first try. So I was 18 when I went. And I just went there with people who had been like training since they were two and yeah. stuff. And I just, I felt like I don't deserve to be here. But um, there's no set rules for it. That's my advice to everyone. Like you can start as late as you want. There's there's literally, it's not a race. Everyone's on their own kind of thing. Um, so yeah, don't, don't worry about that imposter syndrome. We all get it, honey. <laughs> Yeah, do I do the next? Well, the, I mean, that was a two-parter. And it was a two. Oh, I missed half the question. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, um, which, sorry. which shows did you do when you were there, and which was your favourite to do there? Oh, great shout! So, um, in third year, we did. Oh, actually, no. Let's let 
start from the beginning. So, um, in first year, there was a there's a guy in um, who was in my third year when I was in first year called Daff, and he wanted to try his hand at directing. So in the Easter break, he put out a thing onto the GSN notice board and was like, "Right, guys, I'm gonna try directing the show called Hello Again, uh, which is an accuser. Um, it's a very strange show." And I remember they fully cast it and then one of the guys dropped out because he had to go and do something else and then he messaged me and he was like do you want to do this and I was like yeah screw it let's just do it um and basically like hello again I do, do you guys know hello again not a clue no <laughs> it's a very weird very niche off-broadway musical from like back in the day um oh. but it's basically 10 I think it's 10 10 sexual relationships um that span over the course from 1900 to like 2000 I want to say, and each relationship is like a 10 year, like it's like that kind of thing. It's a very like song cycle kind of weird musical. Um, so that was the one I did in first year, and that was uh, that was great. I really actually loved that. At the end of second year, you do your first public performance, which uh, was Pal Joey, we did, which is like a classic, a legit musical, um, which had like a 10 minute dream ballet, and, and I am never sweat so much in my life. Um, <laughs> But then in third year, the fun ones, we, so my entire year did Pippin, 9 to 5, uh, Jane Eyre the Musical, Little Women, and Shrek. And then out of those ones, everyone does three shows. So like the first two is uh, Pippin and 9 to 5, and the year's split in half, and half do one, half do the other. And same for Little Women and Jane Eyre. So I did 9 to 5, um, and I got to play Franklin Hart Jr., which was so much fun um i had an awful handlebar mustache and sideburns um it's horrendous but um (laughs) i got to do that which was i think that one was probably my most favorite just because like obviously getting to play frank was a dream and i don't know do you guys know danielle fumania yes she she was in color purple she's about to go into uh frozen she's in and juliet she's like oh and juliet yes yes i was like i recommend yes no, no, no. So um, me and Daniela from the same year, and she played uh, Violet. So it was her as Violet and me as Franklin. So I got to play with Daniela. Like, that was just a dream. And um, Martha Kirby, who's like, one of my best friends ever, she was Roz with me. So like, we just had so much fun on that. Um, so yeah, 9 to 5 was my favourite, I think, because Shrek is also a contender. Shrek was <laughs> the most fun ever. Um, just before that, though, we did do Jane Eyre the musical, which was like, I'd never heard of it before. And it was very strange, but like I loved it. Yeah. That, that was like a that was a proper like. It felt like we were doing like Edinburgh Fringe. Like it was a really weird, cool directed musical. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, Shrek we did as an entire year, and that was like that was legendary. Like so so much fun. So yeah, like that, that would be madness. Shrek would be. I think Shrek know? would be mad, but it's. It's oh my god! Yeah. It, was it was a lot. great show. It, it, it was. I got to do. Um, I got to play Pied Piper in it as well, which was super fun. So I got to do the Rat Tap, which was great. But um, but like I think as well because it was the final show we all did as a year. Like there is no better show than Shrek to like. Like it's so yeah. feel good. Like so feel good. Um. So yeah, I love doing Shrek. Yeah. Imagine if like your last show of the year was something really depressing. You'd all just be like. Crying. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just all, but still. When we did, um, I think it was the closing night when we did Freak Flag, all of us were just like in yeah. floods of tears and we were all just like, Ugh. I just remember being stood at the front of the stage like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it was, it was fun. So either Shrek or 9 to 5. 
they're they're both solid, show. solid shows. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's solid. <laughs> I haven't seen Shrek, but I've seen Nine to Five. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I will. Have you, have you not even watched? Uh, I was gonna say, have you not even watched it on Netflix? No, I have. I've watched. Yes, I've watched the show on you know DVD sure. or whatever, but I've not seen. It's not the same though, is it? Really? No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's it's always so hard when they like, especially like over lockdown. There's so many shows that I've watched that have been like live streamed, um, and it's incredible that they've managed to like keep it going and keep doing the live stream yeah. and stuff. But like, nothing will ever be able to replicate being in the room. No, I don't. People say that they're like, oh, but pro shots and stuff are gonna stop people going to the theater because it's cheaper and they can nah. just watch it over again and i'm like no no <laughs> that'll never happen <laughs> yeah yeah it, it gets people i think it gets more people in yeah be like, like, i've yeah. seen it and Definitely. it's great and i want to see it like myself and be yeah. there with it all and be exactly like, was cool it was like um we got told when we were in mamma mia like i was speaking to judy who was our producer and she was saying about how like when the mamma mia film came out so like i can't remember what it was like 2000 and whenever um that was their biggest spike in tickets because yeah. everyone watched the film and then were like oh now i want to go and see the like show and i feel like a lot of streamed live things that's going to be the same effect like people are worried they're like it's going to replace theater but it's actually like you said people are going to watch it and then go oh actually i really want to go and see what this is all about in person yeah it's definitely yeah it definitely just gets people in yeah um i, yeah, can, I can imagine that happening with mamma mia and the second mamma mia film as well I mean, I know it's not the same yeah. story, but it just—I don't know. It was it's ten years. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it was the same like kind of vibe with that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Wow. Happy but back. <laughs> okay. So speaking of Mamma Mia, actually, little segue there. <laughs> <laughs> little segue. <laughs> um, we were just going to ask like how your audition process was, because um, we we had on Georgina Castle, and obviously you know she went up for a main role, but also at first started on in the ensemble and she said it was like a bajillion rounds and it was just like oh, so yeah. much so you know it'd be a different perspective asking you <laughs> yeah of course i mean my my mamma mia audition stories are hilarious so basically <laughs> um when you first go in um it's i want to say singing yeah singing round first um and it's all on the stage at the novello um it might change don't, don't take this as like anyone who's listening who's like thinking of doing it it might change i can't promise you it'll be at the novello um but like it was my first audition out of drama school um and we it was while we were doing jane eyre it was like our second show and i got uh, a message from the head of gsa and was like mom and me i want to see you and i was like okay shit great um so i went and i was like absolutely terrified because obviously it's on the stage at the novello and i was just like first time ever stood on a west end stage and i'm singing in front of a panel of people um but yeah (laughs) but um yeah so you just you sing a pop rock song uh i think i sung mcfly which was brilliant Mm. it's on the choice (laughs) not brilliant not brilliant in the sense of me singing brilliant that that song choice not i'm not on my own art um (laughs) but um but no, so I sung that, and then they made you wait in the hallway, and they were like, cool, do you want to come back later and do a dance round? And I was like, yeah, absolutely fine. So I came back later, and I went on stage, and it was just me and a whole group of girls. Oh. And I was like, what is this? And then I spoke to the choreographer. No, Leah Sue, who's the um, associate choreographer, came up to me, and she was like, you're not meant to be here. And I was like, okay, great. Cool. And then it t- turns out they had given me the wrong time. Uh, and sent me to the girls round but um 
Leah, who, like, obviously, I've never done a dance round in front of anyone before, but Leah, who was the associate choreographer, just went, right, cool, come in the wings with me, and we're going to do it one-on-one. And I literally was like, what? Oh, my God. Literally, like, I've never um, shit myself more in my life. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so literally, Leah took me into the wings of the novello, and one-on-one just taught me the routine and made me do it over and over again. And I was, like, so terrified. Um, But at the same time, I'm really thankful that she did that. Like, she didn't have to do it, so it was amazing that she did that. Um, So that was my first round. And then, yeah, you come back and do recall, which is where you do a bit more, you sing some material, you do some scenes, and you learn more of a dance. And then there's, like, another round, then there's touch-up round, then there's finals. So it was, like, it was a long process. And, yeah, it was fun, though. I think... (laughs) The thing that's like great about it, and a, like it's similar with a lot of auditions, is there's so much waiting round on the days. Mm. Like, um, especially in like the acting rounds, obviously because you have to do it as a. I was in because I was in for Sky. You had to do. Um, they had to pair up Sky and Sophie's, so you would literally just sit in the corridor and they would try different combinations. But what was lovely is I think like there was such an amazing like energy and atmosphere of people. So. It was just like it was like laughing fits every day. We'd just be on the stairs, like trying to make each other like laugh and playing games and stuff. Because I think in the finals, we got there at like 10 a.m. I think it was, and we didn't finish finals until five o'clock. And so it was like a full day of sitting and waiting. Um, But we had such like there was so many fun people, and I made so many friends from literally just sitting in that corridor. So yeah, that was fun. There's a lot of rounds, but it is fun. Yeah, maybe it's just because it's one of those kind of shows. There's like a lot to it. Like it is a. I, I think it's a harder show than it looks. I was gonna say it's like a triple threat kind of show, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. I, I totally agree. I think um, I fell into the trap as well of being like, "Oh, Mamma Mia!" It's like it's this song and dance show. Like I can dance it, I can sing it. It's fine. No, that <laughs> is a lie. <laughs> Literally, like incorrect. the entire show is in a female key. Um, and I am a baritone, so I think I gave myself nodes like eight times from that show. Um, <laughs> so like, the, literally, the singing sense of it is so different. And then like the dancing, it's not like high technique in a sense. It is, it is, but it's not like balletic. It's just so energetic. Yeah. Like everything has to be to a like T. Like everything has to hit exactly on the mark on the beat. Um, so I, I, the way I describe it as well is it, it just feels like you're doing a hit class every night because oh, it's God. really high intensity for short amounts of time yeah that's Ugh. true actually yeah. think about that exhausting exhausting, just <laughs> exhausting. It looks being on the so west fun. end is doing hit classes <laughs> <laughs> well some shows probably not I was yeah thinking. i was about to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> but mamma mia especially i mean you're just falling yeah. apart my book is just not having a good day what is falling out of you go. okay there's just flaps of paper everywhere it's a bit of a nightmare <laughs> And also, once again, on the subject of Mamma Mia, how was your first show with Sky? Like, God, I have never been so nervous in my life. Um, I can literally remember everything about that day. So the week before, I had got ill. Um, oh, no. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm like such a hypochondriac. So like, it was definitely, I was definitely making myself ill, being like, you're about to go on to Sky, and I gave myself a sore throat. Um, yep. So like... A few days before it, I remember, I think the, I, I went on on the Monday night and I think the Saturday I had off because I was like, I, my voice is just wrecked. Um, so that was like a terrifying stance. And like, I 
openly deal really badly with anxiety. So I was like just an absolute wreck for the day. I was like, so excited, but like so scared. Um, and I came in, I think it was an hour before because they wanted to do some last minute rehearsals. Um, and I just remember being there like, yeah, this going to be But I remember like stood in the wings because Sky comes on uh, after my, no, before money. Yeah, before money, 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 just before. So like after the first song um, and I just had to wait in the wings. And I just remember waiting there and literally like shaking. But um, Danny, who's my housemate, you might hear him singing in the background upstairs. Um, Danny played Pepper in the show and he's like my best mate in the world. And he literally like held my hand, literally held my hand. <laughs> As we were going on stage, he was like, right, we've got to do this three, two, one. And I just remember like, I can so vividly remember walking through the tavern and just, because you walk straight into the middle to say your first line and the whole audience is there. Um and, it was, and it's like literally a childhood dream come true to play like a lead role on the West End. Um, so it was like, it was amazing. Once that scene was over, I was fine. But just like that first, you know, like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, it, it was amazing. And then I think the like feeling you get after the show is just the best thing in the world. Like, it was so incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's one of those shows as well that you just know you're going to get like the biggest whoops and cheers because the audience is so like elated at the end. So, you know, even if you messed up a line or whatever, <laughs> you're like, woo! <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I, I mean, the uh, the audience is 95% hen parties. So, like, you're, all, you're always guaranteed, uh, like you said, everyone's up and dancing at the end. Yes, we've, he- we've heard that. We've heard, we've heard <laughs> lots of horror stories about that <laughs> as well, but like many good stories oh, as well. I can tell you so many horror stories. God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> Ooh, my turn. Um, where am I? Oh, so, okay, this is going to lockdown now, so a bit, bit different. Um, so what does it feel like being part of a project like Soft Sessions um, when theatre's been closed for so long? You know, did it sort of bring you back oh. into that? Yeah, so life? obviously I'm a photographer, um, that's like my job like kind of main job especially at the moment um and harrison who was on mamma mia with me um he started a vocal reel company um called soft sound and while and we shared the dressing room together and it was actually we spoke in the dressing room a couple times about like oh what's something that we could do together like picture and sound something cool um and i said to him how my dream like my actual dream in life is to make films i want to i'd love to like just make actual for like movies and stuff um and so i was just chatting to him and we both nerd out on films and things so we just spoke a lot about that and then his partner pam had this idea and was like why don't we kind of do something that's like mahogany sessions and live lounge but with people in our industry and like give them a platform where they can just sing whatever they want that's not musical theater because um one of the reasons we started it was just because musical theater is it's an uh, it's an amazing industry don't get me wrong but the industry is also really outdated and like there's so many walls in this industry and you get pigeonholed so like if you look a certain way you get pigeonholed if you sound a certain way you get pigeonholed and it's like we wanted to just kind of create a platform where we go what do you want to sing what do you want to do i'll film it they'll record it we'll find somewhere cool but it's completely up to you you decide what you want to do um and i think it came at such a point in lockdown that like it was, I think it was after the first lockdown started easing a little bit that Harrison messaged me and he was like, listen, we've had this idea. Do you want to film it? And I was like, 
I've never filmed anything really before, but screw it, let's do it. <laughs> um, and we got in, and we got in contact with Grace Moat because um, she's a friend of mine. We went to GSA together. She was you're above me. Um, and we were like, Grace, do you want to kind of be our guinea pig for this? And she was like, hell yeah, I'm like on board. Um, and I just think like it was such a saving grace in lockdown because I, I moved back at home uh, to save money because rent in London is a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> literally. But, um, so like I was I was so far away from the industry. I felt like I literally wasn't even an actor anymore. I kind of just come to terms with my, my life was walking my dog in a field. Um <laughs> So it did come at like such an amazing saving great time. And I think being part of something that was so creative, like there was no rules, there was no boundaries. And I think that was one of the things I always struggle with with our industry is like there are so many walls and boundaries. Yeah. Um, and it's it always come like, it's always sold. When people talk about theater and acting, they always like sell it as, oh, it's completely creative. You can do whatever you want. Mm. And I think like <laughs> going, like no team, no team, no shade, but going into Mamma Mia, like, it, it's you're stepping into someone else's shoes it's you have to hit this beat on this time there's no room for kind of like creativity in a sense and so i was very much missing that so then when soft sessions came up and especially during the pandemic i was like hell yeah i'm i'm in this um and we kind of just went from there and we we love it we have so much fun doing soft sessions yeah it looks it looks so chill <laughs> and just nice <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the best way to describe it is chill. like from the artist standpoint it's completely chill from mine and harrison and pam's standpoint we are like sprinting around with cameras doing voices and we're like what are we doing but, um i think that that was half the fun is that all three of us had never done anything like it before so it was just a huge adventure almost yeah and it, it keeps you occupied um as well doesn't it oh exactly it's something yeah. to think about Definitely. so you don't go crazy because we're now in the third lockdown <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, just, literally. Well, we are coming out of it, but you know that doesn't mean anything these days. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. How how are you? How are you guys surviving in the pandemic? Well, we created a podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> that's hell yeah! Us busy. Shout out to this podcast. <laughs> it, yeah, it keeps us busy um, coming up with ideas and yeah, trying well, to get people kind of, and also for us just to kind of kind of be in the theatre mindset whilst yeah, not out. being theatre, but not being in a the theatre. Definitely. Cause... No, no, definitely. I'm like, I'm so glad you guys have done this. Like, it's so, it's so nice. It's like, again, you, you're creating a platform for people, which I really respect. So huge, huge round of applause to these guys for doing this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Yeah, it's, it's just, it is nice to just geek out and... Yeah, just, because we do it anyway. Yeah. So we're like, we we would spend like we'd spend so many like once when we first closed down, we'd spend so many nights on like the phone for the hot like for like at least five hours, <laughs> yeah. just talk about like, our favorite that. parts of the job. Or like bits of like the like, show we loved, if this or like person what... did this role and all that kind of. Yeah, See, I love I love this because like I am so staging. Like I'm 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 like I'm I'm sneaky staging. I'll be, I'll be like yeah I'm not I'm not staging. Um, but my my thing was always like um, niche musical theatre, like old off Broadway shows from like that I like I love I geek out on that stuff and very edgy musicals like I love that so I like that you guys are geeking out I'm I'm here for the geeking out (laughs) yeah it is quite fun actually when you like because I follow lots of people on YouTube follow lots of people on YouTube that's not subscribe to subscribe to lots of people (laughs) on YouTube yeah like that do theatery stuff and it's just interesting hearing them talk about different shows that I'm like what is that and then you go and find it and you listen to the cast recording you're like oh this is my new favorite thing. <laughs> we spent, we spent some time, I, yeah. 
we like spend so much time like we'll find like a, she'll, she'll like find like, a cast recording and, like listen to this one listen song listen to this one and this yeah. is why she's there listen to the whole thing and I'm like <laughs> okay yeah. oh literally I, I do the same like I, I think that's that's my thing as well like I'm such a I'm hugely into music like listen to music yeah. 95% of the time oh. um, and I listen to a lot of musical theatre just because it's so I love like storytelling the fundamentals of storytelling is like the reason why I love musical theatre um and when you find like this cast recording like i've been absolutely binging amelie recently um and i'm i'm going to see it next week i'm so excited i need to book so excited yeah um but yeah so my my girlfriend sent me um amelie and she's like you have to listen to this and i just remember like listening to the whole thing because i love like i said i've got such a huge adoration of film and my like love for music kind of came from film scores mm. like i love the way that music can be so emotive in art um and so like musical theater just goes hand in hand with that like yeah. i will listen to parade like parades that like, i will talk about parade all day um <laughs> but like parade is that like, my favorite musical ever and i can listen to i could listen to it with no uh, singing just the music because the music yeah. like carries it i just love that stuff so i'm here to geek out with you okay yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was it my turn or your turn? No, it's my it's turn. You turn. Sorry, session. you carry on. <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of yeah, kind of covered it, but, but you anyway, can do it anyway. <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll skip that. Um, okay. So, and, any of like, your, what's your, like your biggest dream role right now, or like in the future, or whatever? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, it's a tough one. I think in the future, if I ever. Um, like take up smoking so my voice goes nine octaves below i'd love to play hades and hades town um yeah like i'd absolutely love to do that um i'm just the octave above him now but we'll get we'll get down there one day um no i i'd love to i i'd love to do something in hades town i love that show so much um i'd love to play phil connors in groundhog day a different like one. I, I, it's very. It was a niche one. I, I saw Groundhog Day at the Old Vic when it was here, um, and I've never like that was like probably my favorite theatrical experience. I've never watched something that I just loved so much straight away. Huh. Um, again, like because because I'm a baritone and like there is just no roles for like baritones our age. So mm-hmm. um, all of my roles are like in. 20 years time um <laughs> i think my dream role my dream role growing up but like i feel like i'm past the mark now unfortunately was malchior and spring awakening like okay. i would absolutely love to have done that but um they you know the uh you know spring awakening is now coming to the almeida yes is it yeah oh, yeah they're, 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 yeah they're bringing it back um it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible i cannot oh. wait but, um when the when the auditions went out for that they literally like we're looking for people who are not above the age of 21 and i was 22 and i was literally oh. just like this is literally my dream show to be in and i'm already too old can, can i just like <laughs> so, keep freshly shaved and <laughs> literally i i was i was like i will happily wax my entire face just so that i could do this show um so yeah either hades town um, what did i say groundhog day or um, Spring Awakening. They would be like my three. It's, it's interesting talking to a man now, actually. That sounds really weird. <laughs> about no, no, about dream it. roles, because we've had the, the other three guests we've had, we've had females. Um, yeah. 
actually all kind of around the same age to be fair yeah but I like think grace was the youngest we did we had grace on um, <laughs> amazing <laughs> um but yeah it's sort of they all had very different dream roles i think but i think they all had quite similar ranges yeah yeah so yeah it's just interesting to hear from a man <laughs> man's perspective I love it. I think I'm. Oh no, no, you go. I was gonna say I think for a man, it's like harder for like you to find like a dream role. There's so like so limit like limited roles for a man to do. Oh yeah. With certain voice ranges, you have to really like find the one that's right for you. Exactly. Mostly they're written with like women in mind. It's like, how do I fit into this? There's definitely more female lead roles, isn't there? I would say. It's it's funny. I think yeah. No, you, no, no, you, you, can, you carry on. It's your turn. No, Have a go. God. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, they're like, like we were saying, like, lead role, like a classic. So many musical theaters are just written as the classic formula of like, boy meets girl, prince princess, like that kind of vibe. And it's always a tenor. It's always a twenty, like twenty five year old tenor. Always like, um, and it's just so annoying because there's so many in like male vocals. There's so many baritones. There's so many like lower like range, and there's just nothing apart from like legit shows, like really old musical theatre that used to cater to it. Now everything is just getting higher and higher and higher. And it's like let's just show more money notes. Like Evan Hansen, I absolutely adore that show, but the show is not written for a human. It's written for Ben Platt, like, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And it's like it's amazing. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just so sad because I know so many, especially when you're training. There's so many guys that would literally like strain their voices so much to try and hit these top notes, and I'm like, it's so annoying. I think as well, I come at I come at musical theatre from an acting standpoint, and like play plays more than I watch musical theatre, and it almost feels like there's so many shows that just sacrifice the storytelling and acting for money notes, and I'm like, you don't need to do that all the time. Yeah. It's like Spring Awakening is like my favorite, one of my favorite shows ever, and it's not a high sing. Like, Malkyra is not a high sing at all, but it's so emotional and so story-driven that, like, you don't need those ridiculously high notes. Sorry, I'm just going... I'm going on an absolute rant now about high notes. No, it is true. (laughs) Like, especially especially over lockdown with, like, TikTok and... Because that's that's the only content you can get. (laughs) It, It does... No, but it's become, like, just a competition to see who can belt the hardest or sing do this riff and that riff like uh, there's a whole riffing debate always or, or on who, Twitter. Yeah. who could have the most like random like, or, like or most like yeah. like key changes key, yeah it's literally <laughs> literally and i'm like that's not think, what it's about <laughs> no literally I, I remember having a singing lesson uh with one of my teachers and they were like i think i i fell into trap and i riffed one thing and they went why did you riff there and i was like oh because yeah and they were like was it written and i was like no and they were like would your character have done like what what is the reason is there anything on that word that you want to embellish and i was like no and they were like well then don't do it and it's and it's that kind of thing and i get it like it's putting your own spin on things and things like waitress and that like and wicked you know where it's now so off what it was written it's the whole point of it is just to outdo it it's those things and i love that don't get me wrong but it's just if it's at the detriment to the story, I don't feel like it needs it. But at the same time, something like Wicked, no, something like Wicked, something like Waitress, I kind of love like ba- what Bacon can do, like the different riffs that people do in that. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost in the character. It's almost like 
it's what they bring to it whereas some people do it to really show off and it really shows and i'm like mm, it doesn't need to do that you know i sometimes think when someone does like someone does let less with it but they give it more yeah. it seems better than it is 100 like yeah like it... no i totally agree and like i'm very aware as well like this is just my opinion please don't start like a huge cancel me on twitter for saying that i don't like riffing because i love riffing um but like like you said i think it's just as long as you're telling the story at the end of the day like and that's kind of at the forefront of it then yeah go mad with it but just always keep that kind of story in mind yeah it's yeah well music theater is much about is much about singing as it is like you said like the story of it and it is yeah totally yeah like you said when people sacrifice doing the singing because also some people like they do like they want they kind of no like no shade to any actors like or people but they do like a kind of kind of mediocre cult of sing but then do like some big notes to kind of show off that they can yeah, do it like oh yeah they're amazing yeah. and you're like they're like, amazing but they kind of did the rest of it kind of like Neh. and then exactly like, it's, it's like... so strange isn't it it's like it's that thing that's just why why are we like why 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 do we why are we literally like i need that high note oh my god look at that it's all it's almost like it's that thing of a high note is so impressive because they didn't crack like yeah. it's that thing of they were they're so on the like edge of it it's, it's that thing that's like are they gonna oh my god they did it oh my god it's, it's that kind of like tension and release so i get it like high yeah. notes are so impressive i think i'm just being a bitter baritone <laughs> being like yeah, yeah we just we want some low stuff we, but want we, some low stuff. we get it like um uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, I got distracted. Is your mum calling She's you? She's calling me. It's fine. I've tried to like turn her off, but she just kept calling. Her on the call. Let's ask her what her favourite roles are. <laughs> or she could go all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, I had a good... I'm so sorry. I had a point. <laughs> it's about them ripping it. Oh. About... Yeah, I was going to say. Go. Got it. So, like, it, it's the kind of thing I kind of get why with, like, Les Mis especially, Cami Mack is like, no, <laughs> you are not adding anything to this role or to this show. Do not change the notes. He's so strict on it. It's crazy. Because, I, but I get it. I think I get it. Because he's like, I don't want you to It's a perfect recipe. <laughs> don't ruin the recipe. Don't add, like, yeah, extra. Yeah, no, literally. We know it's it a, works. It's such, a, it's, such a hard, it's such a hard debate because, like, Again, coming from Mamma Mia, I think I had such a hard time with it mentally as well. It's just because there was no room for creativity. Mm. Um, so it is just finding that balance of like, it's, it's always hard. It's why everyone in the industry is like, their dream is to be able to originate a role and do a brand yeah. new musical, which in England is impossible because West End producers suck. Um <laughs> There you go. That, there's the tea and there's the shade. Uh, the only reason I say that is just because they're not supporting new art. Like, it, it's so sad. Like, there's so much incredible writing out there and so much uh, incredible work going on, but it doesn't make them money, so they don't take risks on it. And yeah. I think, like, I would never usually speak out about it, but I've got to such a point now that I'm just, I'm so done. Like, <laughs> as in, um, I'm just fed up with people not, represented in so many different ways like in so like many ways talking about diversity and also just talking about new writing and new art and it's just it's so hard because it's i'm i feel like we're gonna get political now <laughs> um, but like right. if people there, there's an amazing thing that i love that's like um i think it was vampire there's something about vampires and vampires 
are monsters because they can't see their reflection. Like, the reason that they can't see their reflection is because they're a monster. And it's like, that's the same as our society. If you deny someone their reflection, you turn them into a monster. And so it's like, if people don't see themselves on stage, if cultures don't see themselves represented on stage, if they don't see themselves on TV, if they don't see themselves in art, then they become the monster because they don't see themselves. And it's just like, it really annoys me because there's things, and that, like I said, that doesn't just apply to uh, kind of diversity and culture diversity. That applies to new writing. So many people in England and so many people like around the world are not going to be writing new musical theatre because there is no platform to get new musical theatre yeah. on. It's with, really sorry, I'm getting well no, political. It's no, it's fine. but also like with, with like this current climate as well, people are like like there's there's been like ratatouille thing that they did on TikTok yeah. where they made like mm. the people made up a musical, so it was like really interesting. Yeah, to see yeah, I completely think the... like unheard of artists, but like they all kind of combined and made a thing, which I think was yeah. really interesting to see for like right now as well. People that. Like, usually are hidden in the backgrounds so like yeah. oh, i have a voice let me show it let <laughs> me write some music and be like this is actually quite and then people are like this is quite good and then it makes the thing because people want it and it's yeah like, like you said people want to see themselves i think lockdown has really reflected. actually helped in a way why my stomach's rumbling i think lo- lockdown has helped <laughs> <laughs> um kind of get some things out like what's the show that i mean it's only done a few millennials is that is that what the show's called there's a show oh called yeah the um, my my friend's actually on it. Um, yeah, I think it is called Millennials. Yeah, you know, it's just there are a few things that are sort of coming out, and because there's been, because it's sort of been hyped up over lockdown, it's, and we've been able to see the process of things happening. I think it, it's making things actually. I think it's making this new writing actually kind of come out a bit now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, I think like yeah. again, coming. I I come from a very um, a love of like plays and straight theatre and stuff like that and I live at the National Theatre I will see like everything at the National and what the National does is they take like they take all of these plays like if you look at a season of the National it's a play that will be on for a week or two in rep with something else and it's a brand new writing by this person and it's just like yeah let's just put it on and the same Royal Court does it Almeida does it where they have like new writing and new plays and there's so much I feel like England is incredible for plays. Like the playwriting that comes out of it is incredible because there is such a platform to get new plays on. Like Edinburgh Fringe yeah. gets yeah. so many new plays and so many things on. And I get it because obviously musical theatre is harder because you need all of the aspects of it. You need musicians, you need um, actors who are also singers and dancers. You also need like creatives and things like that. Whereas, obviously, with plays, you can potentially write and perform your own thing with just lighting. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, I get, like, the monetary true. problems of it. But there is just... There's also no excuse as to why we're not supporting new musical theatre. It's almost like, why doesn't the West End or something do, like, a new musical week where they just put on a different... Like, kind of like Fringe. Just put on Edinburgh Fringe yeah. in London for, like, a week. And there's just new writing. Sorry. Yeah, you go. I was going to say, there's a... Um, I think there's MT Fest, isn't there, that kind of does that there kind is, of thing. There is MT Fest, yeah. But they're, but they're like, already pre-existing shows, but they're just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, they're... Yeah, there was they're that kind of doing it in the West End, rather than... Because they're, like, Broadway Exactly. exactly. Tried out with, like, the... And like, I, yeah. But it could work. It, it's like... <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's one of those things, though, that's just, like, so many people are, like don't really and i don't mean it's a bad way but don't really care about it they're like oh yeah but it, it's fine and i'm like but the shows you love like lame is phantom wicked like mamma mia they all came from someone writing them 
and so like why would you not support someone writing the new one yeah it could yeah it could be the new oh, i think it, it, it was so good to see a new especially have a new show that's so like maybe becomes like one of the new like phenomenons and like the one that like take over the world what's that yeah like a new show that comes out and it's like completely like fresh material fresh like just completely yeah. new and just be like kind of being part of it from like the beginning not even being like a cast in it but like knowing yeah. about it and being there in like 30 years time something that c- could be written now will be like oh yeah i remember seeing that on online and exactly going, i went and saw the first preview you know you're just... yeah you could be there for like it and it's like really literally to be... and, it, and it's that thing like you said like something that's written now could go out and flop and then in 20 years time be like a phenomenal like merrily we roll along like yeah. um when sondheim wrote it it flopped so hard it closed after like however many performances but now it's like an absolute classic of a musical. So basically, my whole spiel of that thing was just, England, we need to support new musical theatre. There we go. Fact. We just need to go and see all these new stuff, this new stuff. But I think it, yeah. is, so, it is so interesting to see new things and <laughs> see what people, even with like new versions of a different story, it's so interesting to see what people have come up with and just yeah. be part of it. I'm excited for yeah, Cinderella. Because <laughs> that's been done so many times. But <laughs> Lloyd Webber's just like, do you know what? I'm going to do Cinderella. <laughs> so yeah, we'll literally. See. We'll see. I mean, he does have an advantage. He is Andrew Lloyd Webber. So, you know, <laughs> he can just put it in his theatre and if it flops, it flops. <laughs> literally, but, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't even care. Is it? Right, whose turn is it? My Your turn? Your turn, I think, yeah. Not that one, that one. Okay. Go for it then. So, <laughs> um, so why do you feel that it's important to speak up about bisexuality especially? Um, but sexuality in general and mental health on your social medias and just, yeah. <laughs> I love this question. Um, <laughs> I think, like, okay, there's so many there's so many different reasons as to why, but I think fundamentally, like, discussions about sexuality and mental health should be as common as breathing. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, been so, it's been so taboo for so many years and caused so many problems in so many people's lives, and I've just said so many about eight times in one sentence. <laughs> Um, that I think, again, I'm just, I'm almost just tired. I'm like, I, we need to speak about these things. Um, so let's start with sexuality. So I'm a proud bisexual man and I more than happily talk to like millions of people about that. Um, I did a representation panel, um, with Aaron and Beth, uh, who were, they, they were amazing. I did it for a university, um, and we spoke about like bisexual representation in theatre, and it's there is there is no like representation. I would say like there's no accurate representation of kind of bisexuality um, anywhere. Really, it's really hard. And we were we were discussing the thing because sorry, going like, like specifically into bisexuality. If you're trying to represent bisexuality, it's so hard to represent without uh, coming across as like making someone hypersexual or something because you're trying to show like both sides of loving two different genders or something in a short space of time so like i get but like i think the agreement and the thing that we kind of came to from it was that to tell a bisexual story it's not telling a story specifically about someone going through bisexual like issues or that it's just a story written by someone who is bisexual like it's telling their like kind of life like the things that they need to talk about and the things like that. And it's the same for anything, like for any gender, for any sexuality, for any like issue, it has to be kind of told by the person in it. Cause you know, 
like for the last however many years there's been so many problems with men writing female stories yeah and it's like and until you give a female the platform and give them their voice like it's the fundamental thing of that it's like the only times i've ever really seen bisexual characters written have never been by bisexual people and it's like i i get it you can like obviously artistic license you can write whatever you want and each character can be that but it's just it's hard it's like you wouldn't write a trans story without consulting someone who's trans no no, like, you like don't, you don't exactly. want to get it wrong. You don't want to. Oh, you don't want to mess problem. up. You don't want to. You you want to make exactly. sure that they're represented properly. That's also one of the exactly. Shit, like, and some I people don't. Sorry. Sorry. Some people like some people <laughs> don't. You go. Do, some people don't check it out, and then they yeah. kind of mm. they kind of run with it, and then people are like, that's, that's so wrong. wrong. <laughs> like what you've said is that's so wrong. Literally. But it's now on a public literally. platform where everyone's seen it, and people yeah. that are in the community have now like taking offence with them people like oh classic people being like annoyed at like something like, about well, them oh my god wrong. literally <laughs> that's why they're literally offended. um yeah like there's there, there's been things recently like the bring it on cast announcements and things like that yeah, that happened that. like big like and it's just it's that whole thing of like you can't tell someone's story for them like you mm-hmm. you kind of you have they have to be involved in it and so i think going back to why i find, think it's so prevalent to talk about it on social media and things like that um I'm like, I think over lockdown, I've kind of chilled out my relationship with social media. I think uh, before lockdown, I was very much like face in phone, always on it. Um, but I think another thing is when it comes to like sexuality, the reason I'm very open about it on, so- on social media, and I've written about this before, is if I was to say to someone like, what's my sexuality? The reason I say bisexual is like I don't believe I'm really bisexual. I think I'm more what people would call pan or what people would call just like I don't have a sexuality. I like people for people. Yeah. Basically, I don't care what your genitals are. If you've got a good brain, I'm gonna like you. Um, and that's like the kind of thing about attraction is it's for me is it's not like ever defined by gender. But the reason I say I'm bisexual is because growing up I had no bisexual people to look up to, and so I I want to be that for someone someone who's like someone who came to the theater loved mamma mia saw like went on my instagram or my twitter and saw something i've written about bisexuality and they themselves have been struggling to kind of come to terms or try and work out what they are like i want them to know that there is other people like them out there yeah same same as why anyone kind of talked about anything with regards to pride or with regards to anything like that it's creating a community and a safe space for kids growing up to actually understand their emotions and their sexuality and like sex in general because i think like when we were talking about i can't remember we were talking about something earlier but like sex uh death like anxiety these things they're all so taboo to talk about but they're all something that we all do yeah and it's just like it's so outdated that i feel like now that we have these platforms like social media where we can openly talk and freely talk obviously it's not great all the time uh, (laughs) because as we all know but um but like now that we've got those kind of platforms i think it's so important that we do have those discussions because human beings are like communal creatures we we like we are social we have to talk about things to understand things um and so the reason i think i'm just so prevalent with my sexuality online is so people who don't understand their sexuality or are struggling or something like that can see that other people have been there too and that leads on to why i talk so openly about my mental health is Mm. it's it's not ever me 
like giving a part of myself away it's always the reason i do it is because i know so many people who don't and so many people who struggle with it and especially um as a man as like um a male um in society the reason i say that is because i think i grew up um i grew up playing rugby i grew up with very testosterone heavy boys um and so i think seeing them and like having friends from home who have got to the point of like suicidal thoughts and depression and stuff like that but because of their culture and because of the people they surround themselves with they can never speak about it and it's just and it, it literally like suicide is the highest killer of men in under i think it's under 50s like it is the highest killer of men and it's just because it's not spoken about between men and i'm just like it literally blows my mind it's like not, i think I, it, sorry no just it's yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> no 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 exact exactly like and it's just that like outdated shit that just needs to change and it's and it only like the reason ch- any change happens is because someone speaks up about it for the yeah. first time and so if i can use whatever platform i've got whatever followers i've got to educate people on doing it um because it is like i think if you're an actor or a creative person you're a bit more liberal and you're a bit more in touch with that but where as i've got family members and friends and stuff who have never been creative in their life like and that's not to their detriment or whatever they just the way they've been brought up is very much the rigid go to school go to work get married have kids retire um that like if we can show people that there are like it's not a bad thing to talk about then we're saving lives and i feel like that's why i talk about it so much on social media and why i'm so open to talking about it with anyone because it's it just goes back to if you like you've got to talk about it we've got to talk way more we need to do better come on (laughs) definitely it's yeah it's always about create because the theater like from how it seems like something well to me is like it's a very open warm accepting community of people where everyone Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of gone through the same thing everyone kind of feels the same about kind of they all have the same sort of pressure and stuff in theatre Yeah, as but well, also we all, we, all kind of, we all kind of love theatre for the same reason of kind of wanting to escape in some way. 100%. So, like, we all... And we're also, like... I feel like the theatre community is very, like, nervous and we, we are very anxious people. <laughs> but it's so yeah. weird that we're so oh anxious God, yeah. that we, like, want to get on stage and, like... But we need people to clap, like, clap for us to be like, you did a good job. Congratulations. Babe, literally, you are speaking to the right person. Even when you're, like... Even, like, ten minutes ago, you're, like, off stage, like, I'm, I'm going to die. die. Yeah. But then you go on stage, you're like, I, do, I, like, need someone to clap for me to know I'm, like, validated with what I've just done is and what you're like, oh, I'm going to do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, exactly. And I think, like, going on that, like, I... To anyone who's listening to this, like, I, suff- I still suffer to this day with the worst anxiety ever, especially stage anxiety. Like, the amount of times, and I'll openly talk about this, the amount of times before Lay All Your Love that I would have, like, panic attacks because I'm just, like, I'm about to go out on stage, what the, like, and in my head I'd be like, everything could go wrong, and it never would. <laughs> like, literally never would. And if it does, that's the fun of live theatre. Yeah. Um, I think, like, going back to what you were saying, I think theatre, one of the reasons that is so important and one of the reasons I was drawn to it, I'm, like, a huge, huge fan of, like, Greek mythology, right? I love Greek mythology, um, and I think the reason I love Greek mythology so much is because it's people telling stories to try and understand, like, problems and understand humanity and understand yeah. what it means to be human. And I think theatre is the epitome of that. Theatre is just people coming to the theatre to, like, hear stories and discover more about themselves and escape. So, like, like you were saying, I think that's why it's so important. Yeah, it just... 
just needs to be spoken up about more, really. That's so. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like I, I feel like I got well deep on this like last like <laughs> section. So right. Well, we can we can bring it up. <laughs> we can bring, yeah, up, the bring time, it up. Um, with our last question, which is wait, well, not last question. It's uh, because we've got that to do. So I mean, I think we're gonna skip that one. We'll okay. Just, we'll forget about that because it's been. Like an hour. Cute. That's fine. We love Sorry. it. No, no, no. It's all right. No. We're so glad. Um, so, the, so the last question is quite, is a fun one. So obviously the name of the podcast is Showtime Shenanigans. So do you have any Showtime Shenanigans that you can tell us, you know, where things have gone wrong oh on God, stage? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I'll try and keep it as quick as possible. No, no, it's fine. Is, take as long as you want. Take, it's best yeah, thing, literally, this is the best thing that ever happened in Mamma Mia. And it is... <laughs> to this day like it me basically danny again my housemate it's the time that me and danny destroyed the whole show oh, <laughs> basically you guys have seen the show you know the wedding at the end yes. yes um so basically in the wedding for anyone who watches this like ever, if you ever watch the wedding just watch everyone try and not laugh because we're just all trying to make each other laugh in the wedding um very unprofessional i know but we've got to keep it fun so basically, there's a moment where um, Sophie walks down the middle of the aisle and we're all singing the hymn, which is like, ah, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> and basically, Danny, who's playing Pepper, is on the other side of the stage and I'm on this side. And there's one point where we get to where our eyes meet every night. And it got to this one point and, like, it was a Saturday night. We were all tired. Yep. And, like, it got to this one point and I just turned around and I just, like, completely crossed my eyes, like, when I went past him. And Danny starts laughing, and I start laughing as well. And we're just like, okay, like, we can't look at each other without laughing. And bless him, like, uh, one of our understudies for the priest was on. Um, and he thought Danny was laughing at him, like he'd got something wrong. So the priest gets up, and he goes, um, I, and just, like, fluffs his lines in front of everyone. Like, not badly, but, like, he just mm. says the wrong line. And we all go, oh, uh, 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 <laughs> and, like, everyone, because the hardest thing is, in that situation, the priest is facing the back. We're all facing the audience. So me and Danny are in fits of laughter, trying not to laugh. And when you're the worst thing is when you're trying not to laugh, especially on yeah. stage, you laugh more. Makes it funny, so yeah. we're just doing, we're literally like, <laughs> we're like really trying hard. And then because he fluffs like his lines, we all, everyone starts giggling. Like, and everyone is just like looking at the floor, like, <laughs> like really, and because everyone's giggling, it just gets worse and worse. Um, and basically, because we all like because the lines got fluffed and it weren't funny the whole thing just started to collapse like basically what's meant to happen is so like sophie says sky let's not get married and the staging that we're all meant to do is oh yeah spoiler alert sorry for anyone who hasn't seen Marmia. um <laughs> yeah, like, let's be real <laughs> <laughs> literally but um what we're meant to do is we're all meant to lean forward and go ah, right but bill um literally steven <laughs> He just it's so great like literally was not meant to do this at all he f skipped ahead and he just jumps up and goes yay which like no one is meant to and we all just like look at him because that's like the line that comes in a few minutes and he's just cheered at them not doing that and everyone just looks at him and everyone collapses everyone is literally like looking at the floor literally like oh my god he goes back down and is crying with laughter um Sophie and Sky literally can barely get their lines out because no one can speak the audience is pissing themselves now as well <laughs> that's good um and then, like, obviously, as it goes on, like, we all go to the back of the stage. Like, we all go to leave the wedding, and then we all get called back. And everyone gets behind the truck and just falls to the floor and is pissing themselves with laughter that we don't hear the line, we don't get back. Like, we come back. And then the mega mix at the end, everyone was just pissed.
pissing themselves in laughter. That was like the best day ever. Like, I think it was the funniest show we've ever had, and we were all just like crying with laughter at everything that went wrong. It's always a Saturday night, isn't it? <laughs> you know it's you've got the day off. It's a Saturday night. Like, oh, so we'd, we'd always have a show stop on Wednesday matinee. I say always. Not, it, it happened a few times, but it would be a Wednesday matinee. And you just, you're like, oh, but you've got the second show. And it would always be on a two show day that something would go wrong or, or someone yeah. would fluff up. Like, it's just, but Saturdays especially, it was just. Also, from seeing a show every day, you realise when something goes slightly wrong. So you see the whole cast just going like, oh, oh God. <laughs> literally, literally. That's, that's the best thing is because most audiences won't realise. But it's when the cast knows and the cast is just like, oh, for God's sake. Even something really <laughs> tiny. You you, even know. when someone like enters the stage like four seconds late, but it set, it throws everyone off, and they're like, like "Oh God, what do we do now?" <laughs> Everyone's like slightly one second behind. It's especially with Les Mis, you cannot it's, be out of time in Les Mis. Especially with Les Mis, because they, they sometimes like sped it up. If yeah. Like if you had like yeah. a small show stuff or something, like a scene change took longer, they speed up. They speed the up music. the music. It's insane. But like just like a small like semi like. Semi... You wouldn't know if you were in the audience, but because we heard it every day, you, you realised. Yeah, like, some people are like, oh god, we're already at the wedding. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> let's go, wild. let's go. Because they have to make the times because you have to be out of the building and yeah. so it was wild. But um, yeah. So sometimes it'd be like, take an hour to get to the wedding, and sometimes we'd be there in like half an hour. Like, okay, Whoa, okay. <laughs> double time. Let's go. <laughs> I love that though. So I love that though. That must keep it exciting for you guys. Yeah, live, live theatre is just great. It is so good. <laughs> live theatre is the best. It's the best. Uh, well, this has been lovely. <laughs> we have nothing <laughs> no, else. No, oh my god, no, thank you guys so much. That, no, that's absolutely fine. Like, um, thank you guys so much for having me. Like, again, and well done for creating this platform. Like, Thanks. <laughs> keep going with it, guys, please. We, we will try our best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, some, there's still so much to talk about so. there, yeah there's always going to be something to talk about live theatre it changes all the time so <laughs> exactly oh my god if like and when you get on season two like please bring me back because i want to do it again i had so much fun <laughs> oh <my> absolutely <laughs> season season regular will be here don't you worry yes, we yeah. please that. like once a season i want to check in <laughs> that time of ours will be in contact yeah, you <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed it was so much fun interviewing Callum just such a babe what a gem he's actually like one of the best people ever <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there put it out to the universe great person yes we we talked very season regular season regular apparently yeah um, I was gonna say very varied conversation we had I'm very passionate I just very passionate. I thought we just get each other with like theatre nerdiness we just, yeah we just so vibe really well definitely gonna be on every season now season regular you've heard you're it here so first you're so welcome um, so yeah we hope you enjoyed we'll see you next week with another sexy episode Ooh, sexy episode <laughs> what's happening next week I don't actually I think it's a one, one year anniversary oh it's a one year anniversary wait is it it might not be next week it might be the one after you screwed up the book I did screw up the book so I don't know when it is <laughs> our one year anniversary is coming up <laughs> bye